0: This is Utah Survivors Podcast with your host, Brandon and Alex.
1: In the world of True Crime TV, we're bringing you the story straight from the survivors. Victims don't become survivors without the help of a community.
0: So every week, we will have a 30-minute interview alternating between a survivor of crime and an organization that helps victims in similar situations.
1: Due to the graphic nature of crime, many of the topics we discuss may be difficult for some listeners. If you are in crisis or triggered by these discussions, please reach out to local and national hotlines listed on our website, utahsurvivors.org. Welcome to another episode of Utah Survivors, and today we have Jody with us. Thanks for coming, Jody. Thank you for having me. So we've spoken to your mom about your sister, Amanda, who you lost. Yeah. And so you're here just to kind of share your experience with being a sister mm-hmm. of a homicide, um, so a homicide survivor. We lost your sister, who we met Amanda through your mom and learned about her laugh mm-hmm. and her love of everyone. Yeah,
2: what else would you like us to know about Amanda? Oh, um, there's a lot. Yeah, she was very um, giving. I'm sure my mom told you. Yeah, she always gave things away. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, she was always. I don't, She always made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in, we had inside jokes. We always had like songs we would sing together and movies. Like I think we watched Selena every day growing up. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we knew like every song, every word. Um, yeah, she was just fun. She was fun to be around. Mm-hmm. So,
1: And how much older is Amanda than you? So she's nine years older than me. So she really was like a big sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the time... You came along. She was able to change her butt, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, she
2: babysat me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was fun.
1: That's fun. Um, and we—I know, like we—you lost her about four years ago, three and a half. Years yeah, ago? like four and a half.
2: Four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Time flies. I feel like I it was yesterday. I feel like yeah. I feel like sometimes she's still here. Like I kind of forget mm-hmm. that she's gone, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels like yesterday.
1: It does. So, and I don't, we don't have to talk about the details of how she was lost, because I think that's not what we're here for. We're mm-hmm. here to honor her and talk about yeah. her experience. Um, But what was it when you found out, what was it like when you found out you had lost her?
2: Oh, it was very um traumatizing, mm-hmm. I guess. um, I had just gotten home from work and I had a two-year-old at the time. And I was putting him to bed and my brother called me and he was crying. And he just, all he said was, um, they found Amanda and I figured, you know, maybe like a drug overdose. Like I was kind of prepared for that a little bit. Cause she did struggle with drug addiction, but, yeah. um, and I didn't know the details of what happened. And I just started crying and my husband said, we need to go to your mom's now. And so we went over there and when I got there, it was already on the news. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of, it was kind of surreal. Um, and I was like, are you like, are we sure? Are we sure that's her? Um, and then we saw her face and that's all I remember. I just remember seeing her face and it was, I don't even, it was traumatizing. Yeah. I just didn't feel anything. But, yeah. It's like but everything sadness. froze. hmm And you
1: saw, you saw a picture of her face mm-hmm. on the news. Yeah. How was it finding out <laughs> on the news what had happened to your I sister? I
2: was very mad. I was upset. I was mostly upset for my mom. Like yeah. you shouldn't find out your child's dead on the news. Yeah. Um, So I was just confused as to why nobody came and, you know, notified my mom before they put out her picture and her information and the way she had died. Yeah, um, Like all we saw was like a West Valley woman found stabbed in the backyard. Um, And that was very traumatizing because we didn't know the details either of how she died. Yeah.
1: And so, no one was there to even give you some peace before the whole world
2: knew. Mm-mm. No, so then we were getting, I was getting text messages and like, uh, fo- like phone calls of like, is your sister, like, is she dead? Like, basically. And I just couldn't answer them mm-hmm. because I didn't even know. Yeah. if It was, you know, what was happening at that time. So, mm-hmm. so
1: here you are left with kind of a new reality, not what mm-hmm. you ever prepared for. How was your family right after, and how was it? coming to terms with the fact that you'd lost Amanda. I
2: think it took me a while. I when something happening like happens like that to me, I kind of just shut down or I like I don't um talk about like how I feel. I was kind of just trying to be more um like strong and put together for my mom's sake cuz I mean, I couldn't imagine losing a child that way. Yeah. So I was just trying to be um like put together for her. So, at like the whole two weeks after she had died, um, I was kind of just numb a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to get stuff put together for my mom, like for with the funeral, and I did like her hair and her makeup and yeah. um, her like her obituary and stuff. So I was just trying to be strong. Um yeah. It wasn't until after the funeral that I kind of fell apart. And yeah because you held
1: it together for your mom Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. yeah she was a mess so Mm -hmm. I was just trying to be there for her I
1: think it's hard when because my mom passed and I remember before she died she said no matter what you're doing my makeup (laughs) and I would laugh and beg mom I'm not doing your makeup Like, I don't want to do your makeup. She's like, You promise me if I die, you are doing my hair and makeup. And I remember after she died, like, the gut of, like, ah, crap. I gotta go do her hair and makeup. Like, great, here we go. Yeah. And and Amanda was kind of like my mom, like, loved her lipstick, loved her hair. Oh, yeah. Loved her high heels. Mm -hmm. And so I remember being like, Crap, I can't do justice. Like, I don't put on that much
2: makeup. Yeah, it was interesting. I, uh, I didn't think I would do it until we got there to the funeral um, home. And then my mom's like, I can't go in there. So yeah. me and my two aunts um, and my cousin, we did her makeup and her hair. And that was rough. Yeah. Um, but I felt good doing it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was my way of, you know, saying goodbye. Yeah. Basically. But.
1: And loving her.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just talking to her like she was still kind of there. But yeah. It was a very weird, um, surreal experience. Yeah, but it's hard. Mm-hmm.
1: And were you? How are you, your nieces? Are your sister's daughters? Mm-hmm. How are? How have they been doing since you lost Amanda?
2: Um, so far, I think they've been doing really well. Um, uh, my parents have done an amazing job raising them. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh try to step up more and be there for them more. But they've been doing great. They're they're uh, smart kids. Yeah. So my mom did an amazing job. She is doing an amazing job. So are so, you? Thank you. Because <laughs> you're with them all the time. I am. Yeah. And how is that?
1: Almost stepping in into Amanda's shoes in some aspects.
2: Well, I've always kind of done it, anyways. Um, you know, my sister struggled a lot when she had them. Um, I remember living at my grandma's, and she would drop the kids off with me. I mean, I was only in high school, but here I am taking care of a baby. Um, So I've kind of always stepped into that role of helping my sister and trying to be like another mom figure to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's kind of always been for me. Yeah. They're lucky to have you. Thank you. I'm lucky to have them. Mm -hmm. It's like having my sister still in them. So
1: are there times where you see Amanda in them more often? Oh, than every not? day. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Bella looks exactly like her. She does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she talks like her. She laughs like her. She's loud, loud like her. I love it. <laughs> she talks just like her. She's so loud. We're always like, Bella, why are you screaming? Like <laughs> you don't need to scream when you talk. <laughs> I love but, you're,
0: you're two inches away from yeah. my face. Stop talking so yeah, loud. Yeah, like
2: why are you talking so and she talks fast too, like my uh-huh. sister did. Um and then Aubrey just has her spirit. She yeah. acts like her. She she does look like her, but Bella looks like her more. So, uh-huh. so yeah, it's still like having her here uh-huh. with us.
1: Is it hard any times, like seeing little glimpses of Amanda?
2: Mm, not so much hard. I still feel like, I don't know, grateful that I can still feel close to her in that way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's not so much hard. Mm-hmm.
1: And I know her son has a baby now.
2: Yeah, he's so cute. And
1: so now you're a great aunt.
2: I, it's crazy. Yes, it's crazy because, um, you know, I was nine when my nephew was born. Yeah, so he was like another sibling to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So seeing him be a dad and just seeing like a new, no, like a new baby in this world that is still a part of my sister, um, is amazing. And he's so cute. Yes. My sister would have been the best grandma oh. ever hmm
1: so after you lost amanda there was the whole criminal court process yeah how was that for you
2: i didn't go to a lot i went to the um like the sentence hearing mm-hmm. um and that was really hard because i didn't i i didn't feel like it was real until we got there and i like saw him and like just hearing the stuff that he did to her um mm-hmm. That was
0: rough. <laughs> yeah. And did you speak at the sentencing?
2: No, I did not. Okay. Um, I wrote a letter. You wrote a letter. I okay. wrote a letter to the judge. And that was hard. I think I wrote it like a hundred times. I was going to say, how yeah, yeah.
0: How was how was writing that letter? It took me like
2: a week. It took a week to write. And I just like couldn't get out everything I wanted to say. Um, Because, you know, my sister struggled with drug addiction, but she was so much more than that. Yeah.
0: And it can be hard because... People always try to reduce Mm -hmm. the, in my, in, you know, from my view, I at least see people always trying to reduce the survivors to the worst parts of them.
2: Yep. They would bring up her past and like how she was as like, you know, a person, but they don't really know how she, her heart. Yeah. Um, She was so much more than her addiction. So.
0: And there's. You know, there's this this book that I've been reading dealing with this with homicide survivors and it talks about how there's two groups of people. There's that how how they react when they find out that your loved one has died, and there's two camps. The first camp is just like they're way up in your face, they're trying Mm -hmm. to help as much as possible. They're there for you, they'll listen, they'll care. And then there's the other people who are are trying to cope with the fact that it was someone close that it to them as well. And then they just try to find some kind of fault or sin or blame on, or or a reason why it had to happen to this person and it couldn't happen to them. They're trying to like put their shields up with it. And that is not the type of people we, we want to be Mm -hmm. um, because that's not what the survivors need. If you want to, do that on your own time? Yeah, exactly. Then do it without them present. Yeah. But did you, did you have anyone like in that first group, whether it was family or friends that were just kind of there for you that were really helpful?
2: Yeah, my whole family was um, we all kind of just came together and leaned on each other. Um, my husband was great. Um, my two best friends, I don't think I could have gotten through all of this without them. They were just there. For me, um, to cry too, and yeah, so it was. I had a great support system. I still do. Yeah. Um. But yeah.
0: And that's good that it that your family is close like that because I've I've seen it the opposite way where they weren't close and Mm -hmm. then it or they were close and it splits them apart or they were close and it brings brings them back together. We've always been a very
2: close family. Um, I think we just got closer after she passed so Mm
1: -hmm. it sentencing do you feel like it was justice no and why is that
2: i just felt like he didn't get what he deserved um i feel like he should spend the rest of his life in prison thinking about you know the life that he took Mm -hmm. from not only from us but from her children yeah um you know it's not it's not fair what? What did he get? Like fifteen or fifteen to life? I feel like he should spend the rest of his life in there. Yeah,
1: I totally understand and agree. Mm-hmm. Were you there for the preliminary hearing where people were
2: testifying? Yeah. How was that for you? I don't remember much of it. That's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of very just, early
0: in the process. Yeah, too.
2: and that was like my first experience, um, really f- finding out what happened to her and yeah. what she went through, and um, so I kind of just. I don't know, blocked it out. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't really remember much of it. Yeah. I just remember being there and just being so traumatized, um, of what my poor sister went through and just wondering like, how can somebody do that, you know, to another human being. But do you wish
1: that someone would have sat down with you and your family before (laughs) and talked about the details?
2: Yeah. Because finding it out, you know, in front of people, and from other people was hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I would have had time to like prepare myself of what I was about to hear. um, Cause I, you know, like I didn't know the details. And so figuring that out or finding that out in court was rough. Yeah. Um, But like, I was just trying to be there for my mom. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of pushed it all down and tried to be brave for her. and, And you were. Thank you. you were it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. I still try to bury it. I don't really talk about what happened a lot. So. Yeah.
1: And here you are. It's been several years. The court process didn't really serve justice because mm-hmm. he has this up to life, but a minimum of 15 sentences. Mm-hmm. How are things now in your daily life? That, and like,
2: how has it affected your life? Um, well... So right after she had died, I, um, had, I went through like a time where I had nightmares. I had nightmares every night. It was the same nightmare over and over and over. So, um, I went to the doctor for that. I was diagnosed with like anxiety, um, and a little bit of depression. I was on medication for that. But two months after she had passed, I found out I was pregnant with my second baby. Mm -hmm. And so that really saved me. He saved me. Um, So, really, I've just been, you know, trying to focus on my kids and raising them and still being there for my mom. And, I mean, it's not been the easiest road. No. At all. Uh, Every day I think about her. um, Something comes, like, on the radio or a movie or I, you know, see my nieces and I think of her. But, I mean, it's not been the easiest. No. But I get by. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think you have an amazing, like, your nieces and your kids and mm-hmm. your support system. So, of course, you push forward, but there's always that void.
2: Mm-hmm. There's always something missing, I feel like, or someone missing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when I got married, that was hard. I wanted yeah. her to be there. Um, but when I was getting married, uh, there we were sitting there doing the vows, and there was just a butterfly Aww. flying right between us. And I knew, like... That's my sister. She's here. She's there with Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And that butterfly stayed there the whole time. Really? (laughs) Yeah. The whole time we did our vows and it was hard to focus on my vows because I just kept looking at the butterfly. Yeah. yeah. But so I knew she was there. Um, But, you know, holidays and birthdays, that's Mm -hmm. hard. But... Because she would have just turned 38? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 38.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A couple weeks ago was her Mm -hmm. birthday. Um we you know do cupcakes at the grave. Yeah. Doesn't make it any easier, but mm-hmm. just anything we can do to honor her and her life
1: and keep her in your thoughts.
2: Mhm. Yeah.
1: I think it's beautiful that there was a butterfly in the <laughs> ceremony.
2: And everybody noticed too, everyone. Really? Yeah, everyone was like, "Did you see the butterfly?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's all." You're
1: like, "Hell yeah, I was that's focused all on I, saw. It. I knew it was there." <laughs> yep,
2: it yeah. was just a big white butterfly flying Aww. right between us, so I knew she was there. And I could feel her you know, her, her presence there. So Mm -hmm. do you feel her a lot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. Um, you know, you hear people say like, I can feel, you know, their loved ones there and I'm just like, okay. But then, you know, every day there's something that reminds me of her and I know she's there. Yeah. Um, or I know she can, you know, hear me when I talk to her. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I feel her every day.
1: I love
2: it. That's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Thank you.
1: It's beautiful to know that like she's still with you. Yeah, and there's ways like, her body's not here, but her spirit's mm-hmm. with you and with your nieces and oh yeah, your mom and you see her.
2: Yeah, every day, and it's crazy. Um, when I found out, I was how I found out I was pregnant. Um, I found out I was pregnant in August, so it was a couple of months after she had passed, and mm-hmm. I had a dream, and she was in it, and she basically told me like that i have she's like i have to buy a present for your baby and i was like what are you talking about like yeah i have you know i already have a baby Uh and yeah so i had a dream about her and you know basically telling me i was pregnant the next day i took a pregnancy test and i was pregnant i love that yeah i think
1: it's like you two are so close as sisters mm and i think it shows now yeah And it's neat that she told you, like in your dream, she was there. Oh yeah,
2: I dream about her all the time. Yeah, which is nice. I feel like that helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just my kids really saved me. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Do your nieces talk about her a lot?
2: Yeah, we um, we always bring up funny stories, or I'll tell them funny stories, or yeah. Um, we don't really talk about what happened to her. We just talk about you know, the good things about her and what they remember, because they were still young when she passed. Um, And, you know, they had been living with my parents for a while. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we talk about her. We laugh at the things she did. Yeah. I think it's
1: a good thing that you're not like, by the way, here's the horrific way you lost your mother. Yeah. But it's, here's the beautiful things of your Mm -hmm. mother. Yeah. Because that's the memory they get to form of her.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they have nothing but good memories and that's, you know, our goal.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah. the best you can do. For mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And it, you know, we, we always, everyone thinks in images mm-hmm. um because that's how we understand things. Yeah. Like, because before you talk, you can see and mm-hmm. that's just how you picture things. And so when you, when you talk about those nice things, they're, they're forming that picture in their head, how they imagine it. And mm-hmm. that's a good, happy, happy memory yeah, to have there. And of course they're going to, have the the bad memories of Mm -hmm. what they imagine also happened but at least those good ones because you you can you can only think of one at a time kind Mm -hmm. of thing so yeah you form that good image you can use that to push out the the bad images yeah
2: that's our goal i mean because you know it was a news story it was in articles and Mm -hmm. um so they were able to read about it you know we have smartphones they know yeah
0: i was gonna say especially now Mm -hmm. and they're teenagers it's Gonna, yeah,
2: they. yeah i mean happen. they want to know how their mom died and it's not a pretty you know picture so you know that's why we try to just tell them the good memories and the good things about her and yeah just try to keep her alive that way mm-hmm. um yeah
1: what do you miss most about amanda her laugh yes
2: <laughs> yeah your mom says the same thing her laugh yeah um she was just so loud <laughs> yeah and funny and I miss um, just laughing with her basically. Yeah. She had a like she loved. So oh big. yeah. She had a huge heart and that's what people d- didn't know about her. She was so giving. Um, mm-hmm. I remember like we went to I can't remember how old I was. I was young. We went to 7-Eleven and she spent all of her money yeah i think she only had like ten dollars yeah on everything for me Aww. um you know slurpees and candy and then we would go back and watch a movie but she would always ask me if i needed anything yeah. even though she was the one struggling yeah. so yeah she was very loving mm-hmm. funny loud <laughs> i just miss her um just her voice i guess yeah your mom was saying it was hard to watch videos sometimes cuz it's hard yeah. to hear her voice. Yeah. But I like it too cuz I mean, she does she had a voice you can never really forget. <laughs> it she was unique. Yeah, she was just I don't, she was so out there and funny and Yeah, so she was she's memorable. She's hard to forget. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: That's good.
2: And she looks like my mom too. She looks and identical. Sounds, oh, yeah. My gosh. Sounds yeah. like my mom. So I still, you know, see her every day in my mom too. Yeah. Yeah. She really
1: does look like your mom. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> For a while, I didn't like picture, like connect the two because I'd seen yeah. pictures separate. separate. Mm-hmm. And one time I was like, holy crap, you look like Amanda.
2: Yeah. They're like twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look nothing alike. I <laughs> look like my dad. But yeah. yeah so. Mm hmm.
1: So if you, like,
2: have you ever, have you encountered anyone else who has lost someone to homicide? No. Um, one of my friends from work lost her sister to drug addiction. That's kind of the closest Yeah. I've gotten. Um, I never imagined I would lose somebody in such a horrific way. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've never come across anybody. Uh-huh.
1: And I know, like, we've all lost people Mm -hmm. other ways. Yeah. What's different to you about losing someone through homicide?
2: It was just so abrupt, you know, sudden, um, traumatizing, like, just hearing and knowing, like, the pain that she went through. And um, that's probably the hardest for me is knowing, like, she must have been so scared. Yeah. Um, But she was a fighter, so. Yeah. I know she fought back. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, just knowing that's the way she passed um, is the hardest for me and still the hardest for me. Like, it's hard to think about.
1: Yeah. To think about that was her last moment. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And just, like, what was she, you know, thinking what was going through her head? Like, she must have been so scared. Yeah. But,
0: and then you don't even have that closure no, for there's no a closure. year yeah. and a half even on just part of the closure. Yeah. Because there's never any closure. No. You, it's not a, I mean, no I shouldn't say any deaths are planned, but a lot of deaths, you at least have a little bit of time. Because, you know, there's something that can be done, but it's when you lose someone unexpectedly, there's never any full closure. But then when you have something like this, where it takes a year and a half just Mm to get through the court process. That was rough.
2: And you still at the end, still don't feel like you have closure.
0: Yeah, because like you said, you don't feel like, even though he got sentenced to what he was charged with there's no Mm -hmm. there's not you don't have that sense of justice even if it's a success for the the prosecutors that was a successful case because he pled to what he was Mm -hmm. charged with but it's not the same thing as justice for the family yeah it might be justice for the the state and the prosecutor Mm -hmm. but you don't have that
2: yeah i don't think i'll ever feel uh you know closure yeah It still hurts the same as it did the day she passed.
1: Yeah. So after the sentencing, how was it for you and your family? Because it's almost, I think sometimes with death, I feel like people encircle you right when the death happens Mm -hmm. and then slowly they die off. Yeah. And then when you have the criminal justice process almost Mm -hmm. lingering after, Mm -hmm. when that's finally concluded, it's really almost like you're alone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I just, we felt, um, you know, everybody felt sorry and, you know, said their sorries and everything. And then it kind of just ended, but it didn't feel like it was truly over. Um, it still doesn't feel like it's over. Um, so yeah, we kind of just felt sad still, um, alone, like you said, alone. And I, for as you know, people would try to feel how you feel and no but i don't think anybody really knows mm-hmm. and they shouldn't yeah <laughs> they well, shouldn't have to know how you feel because it was awful it's awful to lose somebody yeah. in so that way are you saying like when I, I know how you're feeling right yeah now. does that drive you nuts <laughs> yeah because i'm like that hell you do yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. very
0: very few people will
2: yeah and everybody grieves different yeah um so like you know for me i'm still grieving i s- will grieve every day i think um like that pain will never go away yeah and you know people would move on and you know i was pregnant yeah so so like that was hard in itself um but yeah i just i think some people forget i lost a sister that way Mm -hmm. um yeah it will never go away i don't think the pain will ever go away
0: and i'm sure that you know i i talk about this sometimes with it but Change, the language that people use even when they do know they might not realize that that type of language yeah. is hurtful when hurtful. talking mm-hmm. talking to you about it or just talking yeah. in general and they're like oh something yeah. that you know might be not perceived as offensive to most people but th- mm-hmm. and they might be well-meaning or they might not even realize it but yeah. it's hard to to realize that i think for other people because
2: yeah and i think a lot of people also. too didn't want to say see- anything they just you know would say they were sorry or how are you feeling or and i would just be like fine i don't know how else to say yeah (laughs) everyone's like how are you you're like i'm a poop show yeah like how do you think i feel (laughs) yeah (laughs) i feel like shit yeah um especially going back to work because you know i had to go back to work and i i coached Aubrey at the time so when we both went back it was a little awkward you know people didn't want to say hurtful words you know hurtful Mm -hmm. things especially to Aubrey um so it was kind of silent a little bit yeah um you know but yeah people they were supportive
1: yeah was there anything that was really hard that people tried to do for you after
2: you lost her Uh, feed me (laughs) 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 you know people bring over food and I'm like thank you but I have no appetite um No, it was, people were really great. I, yeah. you know, have a great circle of friends and family and, um, I didn't really find offense to anything. That's good. Yeah. So.
1: But I do understand with the feeding you.
2: Yeah. So we had so much food yeah. and I, I just didn't have an appetite. I couldn't eat. Yeah. Um, I was grateful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fed the rest of my family, but yeah, for m- myself personally, I was like, I can't eat. Mm-hmm. I can't sleep. I couldn't do anything really yeah.
1: and a minute ago you mentioned you people forget that you lost amanda mm-hmm. in the way you lost her mm-hmm. how do you like how does that i guess where do you feel that
2: um usually it's around the time of like her birthday or holidays mm-hmm. uh or like you know i have a tattoo of mm-hmm. i have her name and a rose on my shoulder so you know people ask me like oh who's amanda and it's kind of hard to explain like i don't want to explain like i just you know say like oh she was my sister she passed away um because mm-hmm.
0: you don't want to tell a stranger no, like oh, or someone you barely murdered. know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: she was brutally murdered yeah so, by someone who just decided it would be fun to yeah hurt. that's not an easy thing to say yeah
2: no so i just yeah
0: meeting meeting new people is never the same after you know i
2: no. Or when I talk about her, I guess I talk about her like she's still here. And so when people ask me questions, I'm like, well, she passed away, mm-hmm. you know, so that's hard in itself.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I am not a homicide survivor myself, but dealing only with mm-hmm. homicide survivors for my job, I, I, I get a sense of what you have to go through for that yeah. and because I only meet people yeah. after a homicide has happened and it's. It's, it's so hard changing. for yeah, It's nothing. Yeah. Nothing will ever compare to that. And, no. And no one really can uh, fully understand no. unless they have experienced it mm-hmm. as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nobody really understands how I felt or how I still feel to this day. Um, and, you know, they try. They try to understand. But like you said, they'll never fully understand the grief and the guilt, I guess we went through. So Hmm.
1: looking back at everything you've been through and today you still don't have Amanda, if there was anything from like losing her to the court process that you could do differently or this, you wish the system did differently, what would it be?
2: I guess I don't maybe investigate it a little bit more. Um, you know, we heard stories of like he was planning it. Um, which i fully believe he was mm-hmm. um like even if he had thoughts of killing her like that should have been yeah. taken into consideration um you know how do we know if 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 and when he gets out that he won't do it to somebody else yeah. um so i wish maybe they would have investigated it a little bit more um you know i heard stories of like that he had things of hers under his bed um and that he would maybe threaten her or tell his friends like I'm gonna kill her or that he was going to kill her. So I just wish people would have um I guess, you know, spoken out yeah about it.
1: I remember hearing that at Prelim. Yeah. Of his friends saying, Oh yeah, he always would say he was gonna Yeah,
2: kill like joked about like who jokes about that? We didn't take it serious. Yeah. So I wish it would have been um a little taken a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Than just oh, 015 to life. You know? Yeah. I think it should have been life without parole you yeah. know? But that's what I wish yeah. for.
1: Yeah. But. And hopefully he will be in there for
2: life. I hope so.
1: Yeah. Cause, like, if you ever met someone who is going through,
2: like, surviving a homicide,
1: what is something you wish you could tell them?
2: <sighs> so much. Um, yeah. Just that. It probably will never, you know, the hurt will never go away. Um, The guilt, especially the guilt of, you know, wishing you could have done this different or said this different or. Mm -hmm. um, But just to reach out to your support group or to a support group, um, because, you know, crying on people's shoulders helped me a lot. Um, Or just, yeah, reaching out to anybody that will listen, really. Mm hmm. Um, and help you kind of just navigate through your emotions and how you feel. And um, I know like grief therapy helped my family a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't personally go to it, but I know it helped my mom. Yeah. Um, and I know it helped my niece. Mm-hmm. Uh, or religion. I know a, you know going to church helped my mom too. And um, just reach out to wh- you know whoever will listen to you and whatever will help you because. If you you know push it down, and if you don't talk about it, it really eats you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just reach out. I love it. It's hard. It's never. It's never easy. No, no.
1: I appreciate you coming and talking about Amanda. Yeah, thank you. And keeping her memory alive and letting us know who she is and how much she's missed.
2: She's very missed. She'll always be missed. Um, yeah.
1: I feel like I know her, and I've never actually met her.
2: Yeah, that's. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is nice. Yeah.
0: It um, shows that you're very good at describing and remembering her.
2: Uh, she was an amazing person, so yeah, uh, I miss her every day. Thank you, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so glad you could join us this week and be with us as this survivor has opened up their heart and story in the hope that it may inspire someone. Information about this week's interview can be found on our website, utahsurvivors.org.
0: Trauma creates change you don't choose. Healing is about creating the change you do choose. This program is supported in part by grant number 18W-2025 from the Utah Office for Victims of Crime, awarded by the Office on Violence Against Women, The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this program are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Office on Violence Against Women, the U.S. Department of Justice, or the Utah Office for Victims of Crime. Our theme song is DNA by Najee, featuring Amber Lynn.